amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Well, hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode, Sweet 16. This is the 16th episode we've done. We're keep on rolling. That's right. And um, it's Father Knows Something. Here we are. So as you already know our, uh, our cast, we have the dog that it was just taken away, Holly, because she snores. Poor thing. They <laughs> put her on a couch, but she'll be back. Don't worry. She'll pop up here and you'll hear her. And um, I really wanted to just take a second and thank all of you for participating and, you know, giving your views and, and such positive and, and sweet things you say regarding, you know, dad. And it's, it's wonderful. So please continue to do your write-ins. If you feel you want to tell me something, I do read everything that I can. So um, on that note, Justin. Let's get her going. Take it away, baby. Do okay. We, uh, I'm in a nice, comfortable, non-seatbelt uh, position right now. Can I stay here or do I got it? I think it? you're good to go. I'm good to go. All right. Yes. Oh, the socks. Pac-Man. Oh, I I really this is back from my era. The first uh, video games that we had were the tabletop Pac Mans and the table tennis games. So I I like Pac Man. Yeah, those are cool. Yeah. (laughs) On that note, (laughs) let's go. excited because we do have an update okay from our friend in paris oh that's wonderful hello again jerry justin and morgan i am the sad girl in paris first i want to say you all have been an important part of my journey to listen to my story and the response about how these feelings are normal and somehow justified made me feel much much better as well as listen to your experiences in the matter You guys are helping a lot of people with this podcast. I figured I could give some update about how I'm doing. After I wrote my first story, I had a nervous breakdown and I looked for specialized help. I have been seeing a therapist for a little time now, and I can honestly say I am feeling better. Not 100%, but I think I can get there. We talked about chronic stress. I am a medical doctor doing a master, and it was just getting too much. I made some changes in my life and took more time for myself. Also, my mom can finally come visit, and I plan to take her to the Louvre, Versailles, and all of Jerry's favorite places. Oh, that's wonderful. Listening to my story read by someone else was a perspective-changing experience. I saw how deeply sad I was, and I was able to see myself with different eyes. I have chosen to stay here. Don't waste the amazing opportunity and just work more on myself. Fortunately, the sun is coming out in Paris, literally and metaphorically speaking. Thank you so much for your work and all you do for us. 
That is fantastic. And I, I just thought to myself, she's staying and we're rolling into the spring and summer. Yep. And it's fantastic. So I am so glad to hear that and that you're going to take advantage of the history, going to the Louvre, seeing everything. And, it, and it, you know, Paris has changed quite a bit from when I was there. And I would love to go back. And, yeah. But so I am, I am so excited for you. So again, don't forget, keep in touch. Let us know how you're doing. And I'm really glad you, 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 that you were wise enough and saw into yourself to go get help. Yeah. And that is a blessing in itself. And so we're here. We're, we are here for you. And believe it or not, you're here for us. Yes. It's a beautiful update. Okay. Okay. Well, let's roll. great way to start. Yes, it is. Now we're getting into it. Okay. First one. Okay. I'm looking for help dealing with my father's death. I feel a lot of guilt. He was an alcoholic my entire life, not a mean one, but he couldn't have a job or take care of me properly. He lost his license when I was in third grade. Because of that, I lived with my mom full time. I would see him and stay with him every other weekend. We ended up moving 400 miles away from him when I was in high school, and I couldn't visit much. We always spoke on the phone, but it wasn't the normal relationship one has with their father. He died right before I graduated from graduate school last year, unexpectedly. I didn't get to say goodbye. In fact, he called me several times a few days before, and I was so busy writing my thesis, I never got back to him. I feel so guilty about this. My brother also has substance issues, and at my father's memorial service, he told me I never had a real relationship with my father. This killed me because we did have a relationship, just not in the conventional way. I've really struggled with this recently, and I don't know what to do. Well, I too lost my father, and I lost him 30-some years ago. And so I can relate to some of what you're going through in, in a different way. My father was not an alcoholic. My father was just a very domineering uh, difficult guy to you know sometimes get along with. Although everyone else that he knew, he got along swimmingly with, and, and it was they had easy relationships. So every dynamic that a that a child has with a father is different. So your brother's relationship and his and your father's relationship is different than the one that you had with your dad. Um, but all that aside, when I lost my dad, we hadn't talked for a few weeks. Um, we were in business together back in that time and there were some bad, bad choices and he felt very guilty about some of those choices. He had a lot of depression to try to solve the problem that, that we got into. Ultimately it, it, it killed him and he had a heart attack over this whole thing, which was done that you would, you would lose yourself for a financial reason. Sure. You know, you can lose the finance stuff, but you, everything else is more important. And no, and and I never cared about the financial stuff. You know, I I was much happier than when I could actually have a day with my dad and not talk business, or we can enjoy each other. Yeah. Where I'm going with this is the day that he died. I had just left and flown from Los Angeles back to Minnesota. My parents lived in L.A. I grew up here, and I walked in my office at 9 a.m. or 8 a.m. in the morning, and the phone rang there. It was 6 o'clock in Los Angeles, and my brother was on the other end, and he said, Dad's dead. 
Now, my dad was 63, was healthy. I have a picture of him the day before he passed away at a party, and you never know this guy would have a heart attack the next day. It's, it's tough to, to, to come clear with, that ex, with the reality that you just lost your father, especially when you're 1,800 miles away and you're never going to speak to him again. And, you know, the guilt that we had for the two weeks before, you know, that whole thing. And even though we had a, you know, a few good days right before I left, um, and we, we, we were back on the right trail, you know, you still go through all these feelings. And so I immediately came back to L.A., and the first thing that I wanted to do, and my father was very superstitious, and we couldn't really talk about death, so I went to the funeral home, and the funeral um, director was, was quite nice. He said, would you like to see your father? And I said, I would. And at that moment, he brought my father into the room, and he had a sheet over him and he peeled the sheet back and he was very gentle what he did. And I kissed my father's forehead. And I certainly felt the clamminess and a coldness upon his forehead. It certainly was his body, but that's when I came to terms with death, that it wasn't him, that he had certainly launched himself into the next the next phase of whatever our universe brings us. My father is a part of my every day. He's part of our conversation today. As your father is a part of everything that you do in your relationship, although it may not be in the mortal sense, your relationship is still in the spiritual sense. And I'm a believer in that we may leave our mortal body but our spirit and our essence truly lives through us. So you may sometimes just decide when you're sleeping at night that you may see a vision of your, of your dad and you may hear a laughter or, or a good story back in a, in a good time or he may you know, send you a message. Pay attention to those messages. They very well could just be him sending you and communicating to you in a way that he can. And it's up to you to accept that or not. So don't feel guilty. Feel feel the energy of him. I mean, I don't want to sound too much like Star Wars, but you know, feel the force. Yeah. And um, you'll have your own relationship with your dad, and it goes on even though it's not in the mortal sense that most people are willing to accept. And I hope that helps you because it certainly helped me when I when I came to this re- re- realization. And I've lost both parents and other people that are close to me. And this really helps me as I do listen to those voices. I do listen when I'm dreaming of the experiences that someone may be trying to communicate with me. Yeah. And if it's just a dream and it's, it's okay, it's certainly entertaining. Yeah, sure. What would you, I mean, what are your thoughts on the brother's remarks? You know, that's his, that, that's his gig. You know, this is all about her. And... I think what I've just said, I, I really do believe in everything I said. Mm-hmm. So it, I think that if, if she allows herself to have that relationship and release the guilt and just enjoy the positive energy, apparently in death there's no negative energy. It's all positive energy. You know, these conversations that I have, you know, certainly with my mother, with an aunt, my father, people that were important to me, um, there are connections. They're very real. And... Some of them I, I can smile and I can laugh at because 
you know, they were funny people and that we could, you know, yeah. bring a circumstance, even if it's something moving forward that my subconscious puts together. And maybe it is, maybe it's, maybe it is that energy, you know, passing through, that's, yeah. you know, that spirit, that, that electrical connection. So this is all about you, not about your brother. So focus on, on who is important to you, and it's your relationship with your dad. And again, you, it's a special relationship. It's obviously you're thinking about it and you can allow him in, you can allow the, that good energy into your heart, your mind, and your body. Love that. Okay. Okay. Moving forward. I love when we move forward to it. I hope that that was a good one. That was great. I like that. Okay. Number two. So I am one of five siblings. My parents divorced when I was three, but are still very much co-parenting. My mother had our youngest sibling with her then boyfriend 10 years after my parents' divorce. However, her boyfriend was a waste of space and left her while she was pregnant. After our sibling was born, our mother allowed the father to see them. He saw them once and decided he wanted nothing to do with them, and we've never seen him since. Well, actually, I have seen him several times, as he still lives in the same town, but he's never tried to contact my mom or his child. After that, meeting my dad, a wonderful man, proposed to my mom he would be the father and continue to co-parent and this child will be raised along with us siblings. All of us siblings know our father isn't the bio father, but have no problem with him being the father. We all love our sibling as much as each other, maybe more because they are the baby of the family. Now it's 14 years later, and our sibling still has no idea that their father isn't their biological father. All of the family knows this, people in our town know this, I feel like the longer they wait to tell them, the worse the reaction may be. They should have told them when they were younger. But also, would they even want to know this information? My parents aren't the type to reason with what they say goes. I just know that when the time comes, I need to be there for my sibling and help them process all of the information and emotions. So I suppose I'm asking, do I just let this play out? Do I try to convince my parents to tell them? Do I tell them? Good questions. It's not just you and your baby sibling. There are three other siblings to to talk about, and you all have the love for this guy or gal. So that being said, it's it's a joint effort. We we are you you've said something that's very uh, important that everyone knows this, including some of the people in the town. With 23andMe that's out there and other, I'm sure, products, somehow this is going to come clear. And your thought process that it needs to come from you guys before, I agree with you. doesn't mean I'm right. It just means I agree with you. That being said... I think it's important that you talk to your parents and really try to encourage them, even if you say, look, can we go talk to, talk to a psychologist? Because, you know, baby sibling is getting old enough now that it's going to come out, and I don't want to see a backfire on this thing. 
or a, or a vacuum. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you'll if we'll give it a little extra, mom and dad, and, and go talk to someone that's professional in this, maybe we can get an idea how to do this. Because we all love we all love baby sibling, and we don't want to see baby sibling struggle with this right under the wrong pretense. So I once read a book, um, Seven Successful Habits by Stephen Covey. Covey. And he talks about how we work in quadrants, four quadrants. I think you've mentioned this. And quadrant two, I believe, was the one that you take action before it happens. So you're not reactive. You plan for everything. You You don't have the fall because you have already put a cushion before there's a fall. Right. Or you don't have a flat tire because you've replaced the tire before it's gone flat. So right. you don't have to worry about fixing your car that went to the side. Of, you know. So this is very similar to that. And I love the way that your thought process is working. As for you taking your brother and having this conversation, that could really go sideways. Um, you need to do this as a family and let them know that there's nothing but love and and your and your stepdad or the you know the the father that came in you know his stepdad or the father that came in to to do this this thing i'm right there you know it it happened a little differently um you know when morgan was conceived and her mom told me about it and i said we're we're going to raise a child together and she said well, what are you going to tell everybody right yeah <laughs> And my answer to it was, this is, that's the easiest question to answer. I'm all about the truth. I said, this child will know who her biological father is, and she'll also know who her, her dad is. Yeah. And if he's going to be a great dad too, fantastic. But this is what's going to happen. Morgan was, was always raised knowing that she had a biological father, and she, has, and she had dad. I mean, she, she knew exactly what it is. I never was jealous to, to, as a man, to have whatever her feelings would be for her biological father. Yeah. I was still a dad to protect her, to make sure she was fine. And he, and he did have an alcohol issue. And she does have a relation. Sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad. But I'm sure she's got some good stories and some good things that have happened with him. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm sure you did too. I mean, it, Everyone has a relationship. There's certain moments that are tender. The, the, everyone has tender moments with their real father and with dad. Yeah. And dad is clearly dad. He, he, he kept your family together. He did everything that you, everything that you would want. I mean, it's, I mean, Morgan's mom and I are not together, but we certainly raised three children together. Yeah. And we are a family. Yeah. Period. And we've never had any fights regarding, you know, any game playing where she said, you're not going to get the kids. Or, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We never had any of that. It was all about love and keep our children together. And our kids, even though that they, they, they're, they're half brothers and sisters, they are brother and sister, period. I and mean, that's just the way it is in our, in our household. And I think that your baby sibling is just as lucky. And yeah. they're going to get it, so I think it will go fine. But I think honesty, and and I and I hope your parents are, are not feared of this. But honesty is always the best thing because it it does always come back 
to 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 come to the surface and that we don't want it to backfire. Well, so in that situation, let's say the parents don't budge. Parents are hard no. Now that we know that yes, this probably will surface at some point. Well, do you still go ahead. as as the as the person writing in, do you still not tell them and let it surface through the town or through other sources if the parents are unwilling? Or is there a point at which you might do it yourself? You said that, the, the I think you said the sibling's like 14 or 15? I think probably about 14, yeah. I think you should sit down with your other siblings. You can't do it on your own. It's got to come from, from, from uh, a pack of love. Yeah. And I really do think your parent, you, 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 I don't care what you have to do to get your parents to sign on to this thing. Go to, go to a team of shrinks. But you're, it, it will only be better if you all do it together. Right. I really, I really do believe that. I don't want you to run you know, blocker and do this thing too quickly. I, I think it could backfire for everybody. I agree with that. The ideal outcome would be for them to have told them at a younger age so it was normal to them. Ideally, they should tell them, tell him themselves, but I just don't think they will. Well, we have to uh, deal with reason and maybe you'll get there on a slow, on a path you can you can get them to migrate a little bit. It, he will find out. Right. There's, no, there's not a doubt in my mind you're going to be able to cloak this thing. But I think that if you do it together, it will be a, uh, a positive adventure rather than, I heard this rumor in town and, you know, what's yeah. going on? I want to know this person. And, right. Yeah. I can't imagine finding that out even, even at 14. I think you need to be clear and... And honesty always worked for me. I'm about integrity and you may not like what I have to say and I'll find the best way to say it. You know, I'll try to, you know, find a way to pass the message. Yeah. But they have to pass the message. So best option, parents and everyone involved. And the next best option, parents and everyone involved. And the next best option is parents and everybody involved. No yelling when you have the conversation with your parents. This yeah. is this is a mature conversation. Yeah. Mature people don't have to yell. There could be passion, but you don't have to flex your muscles and go ballistics. You know, this is about the health of your of your baby brother. Yep. You know, you, things like this can change people's you know, everything. Everything. So it's it's a delicate it's very delicate. Yeah. And I'm really impressed that you have the foresight to see it. Yeah. That says a lot about you. And let, let me tell you, a lot about you is how you were raised. And that's these parents. So give them a, give them a little bit of the, the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they will see this if you have a nice conversation. True. Okay. Well, keep us in the loop and let yeah. us know how it evolves. Yeah. I'd like that. Okay. Best of luck. On to number three. Okay. I'm a PhD student and a little more than halfway through getting my degree. When I joined the university, there was an international student that was a direct accept into a professor's lab. 
parentheses, this only happens to a few students each year as you most likely worked in that lab as a volunteer or undergraduate researcher, whereas I rotated through three labs before picking the right one to start my degree. Within the first year, there were rumors that the newly accepted student, let's call her Jess, 28, and the professor, let's call him Joe, late 50s, divorced with two kids that are Jess's age from his previous marriage, are dating. Apparently, Joe fooled the department and admissions council to vouch for the student so she could be a direct accept to the university and into his lab. Apparently, they had met while Joe had a sabbatical at another university where Jess was a master's student, and the department was not happy. Within a year, they were engaged, married, and pregnant with their first child. The following year, they have a second child. Now Jess is in her fourth year of PhD, wrote two research papers, and has acquired a postdoc position and needs to graduate ASAP for this position. This is unheard of in a science PhD. Graduating in four years, having two children, and somehow have enough data to publish two papers? Parentheses, it takes five to six years, average time for a science PhD with maybe one or two papers, without including time you will need to take off to have the, and take care of the baby. I'm wondering if I should be concerned or go to the chair of the department or the dean about this. Is it an abuse of power? Scamming the university? How does she have enough data to publish? How is this fair to the other students that take six years to graduate and publish data? He is a tenured professor, and it is a fireable offense to date a student, but this is all talked about in hushed conversations, something everyone knows but won't speak it out loud. So my first, my first thought was, what, why, why does the writer need to be the police? What is making this person so motivated to try to save the world because we have a we, we have a professor that I do believe was brought this person in improperly and for his own motives. And maybe, maybe not the professor wrote this person's you know, his girlfriend, his wife, the mother of his child's papers. That could happen. We don't know. The bottom line is it it it's this person's got to be bright, bright enough to realize this isn't her issue. She's, or the writer's got to, if it's her or he, they got to pay attention to their own paper. They got to pay attention to getting their doctorate. They got to do their own life. And you can't police the world. We got so much corruption in our world. Really, we're, we're, she's going to get stuck on everyone that, that, that's screwing up our world. You know, you're going to start here and you're going to keep going. My answer is, don't worry about them. Take your energy, spend it wiser, work on your own stuff, and not bring yourself down to the cesspool. And that's really the way I see it. Can you turn these people in? Can you, can you, can you start all this wave action? It, it, typically, that stuff backfires. Let the university solve this problem. Let them notice it. Let them try to figure it out. Someone else is going to also, from, from the faculty, might be bright enough to catch this and see some of these errors that are going on. You don't have to be the police. And I hope that you don't. 
because I don't think it's going to work in your favor. Well, for their own sake. For her sake, or 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 for the for column writer, right? You know, for the writing. My thing is, keep keep your face away from all this stuff. Stay away from these booby traps. Hold yourself above it, and focus on your work. You don't have to befriend these people. You're there for you're there for your doctorate, right? You go write your dissertation or whatever you have to do and do your work, and. These people are going to be out of your, in another couple of years, these people are gone. They're out of your life. You're going to go on and move forward and do great things. But if you're going to worry about everyone else that's trying to do things the shortcut way, the, the illegal way, the improper way, the, you, you, you just fall into this rat hole. Yeah. I've seen people like this all my life. And, you know, sometimes it, it backfires on them eventually. And you say, oh, you know. Karma. You know, karma got, got them. Yeah. And and it typically does because they 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 don't stop. They keep doing it. That's just the way that they find their successes by cheating their way through it. Right. And well, it, and it will bite them in the ass because they they she, look, she gets a doctorate, she tries to they're going to find out she's unprepared. And she's, true. And she they're going to it will tip itself out. That's true. So my again Keep your nose straight. Keep your nose into your own shit, and don't worry about the uh, the next person to go rat them out. It just doesn't work. It politically, it just blows you out, right? And it blemishes you, believe it or not, which is unfortunate but very true in this world. And I think it's there's situations like this. I think that we've all experienced that. Just, I mean, kind of are super frustrating. Mm-hmm. You get for whether it's jealousy, whether it's just like a fairness thing, mm-hmm. whatever it, you want to see something happen. You want to see the justice of it. But I think a lot of times in life and in this world, it doesn't always happen. Take, take this as a test that you're being tested by, by the universe to see how you're going to handle the situation. Surprise everybody. Surprise, surprise the energies above by just saying, I didn't fall I didn't fall to their level. I held myself above it. I kept just did my thing and I did better work and I didn't make any enemies. My nose is clean and they can't say good things or, or they certainly can't say anything bad things about me. Yeah. So you you want to just keep doing positive things. And as much as you might think this is a positive thing, ratting out the Professor, who's a piece of shit, and his wife, who's really a manipula- who manipulated this whole thing into it as well, just separate yourself from this and hold it. Get out, get get out of that wet, sticky cesspool and stinky, yucky, stinky, <laughs> and go do good things. Yeah, this one might not be worth the uh, the hassle. I guess it's you, just you you will be held you you will be held higher by doing this than if you were to rat them out. Yeah. Well, I like what you said too. Like if you're going to breeze through the education like this, sure. You might have this great position afterward, but who's going to be better suited for that in the long run? Who's going to perform better in that position in the long run? The person that, that took the time to really learn. Right. The person that took the shortcut will fail out. They can't keep, Remember, they're going to keep doing this shit. It doesn't stop. Yeah. 
They they look at it, they go, I got away with the first time, I got away with the second time, I got away with the third. Yeah, they'll get away with it. Right. That's life. Best of luck for them. But meanwhile, you're the one that's you're the one that's really seasoned, got all the knowledge. And you'll carry that to where you're gonna go and someone's gonna see it and talk to you, and they're gonna say, Holy shit, this person's amazing. And by the way, they're they're gonna look at you and they'll say, Man, she's savvy. Yeah. There's stuff about her that we don't even know yet, but you're gonna you're gonna learn that you're gonna be have more integrity and more dignity by not playing this game and falling into that trap. Yeah. Of he did or she did. That's right. Because the ideal outcome here was I'm not sure about an ideal outcome, as there could be blowback on me if I make an issue out of this to the department since we are a small department. I guess I just want to see justice out of this because how is this fair? And I think that's our point here is that it is not fair. It isn't fair, but justice will happen. It will in time. Yeah, there's no doubt. Okay, I like that. I think that can be applied in countless different situations. I think that is like a big universal idea here is that sometimes, yeah, it can be super frustrating. It can Mm. be super unfair and you just have the short end of the stick, but it always evens out. And even if it doesn't even out, even if the justice never comes, that has nothing to do with you. And you want to hear the real sad thing? The people that are in the department heads don't give a shit. Yeah. Work with integrity. Yeah. They don't have it. Don't you try to implement it within them. You're not going to teach these people anything. Just be smarter than them. And that means don't step into their bland minds. That's this dad's opinion. Okay. Moving right along. Okay. I'm still not sure if we need the seatbelt here. Well, if I need it, I'll... We might... We could put it on real quick. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Parachute two? I don't know. I I mean, it's always better to be prepared. Is this the big one? No. Oh, good. We got more going. Oh, yeah. We got a few. Okay. Hello, everyone. I hope you are doing well. So I just need to get some advice on something. By the way, sorry if this is long. I would usually approach my dad about something like this, but he can be very overprotective and I don't want him to do something irrational. Today I was approached by an older man while I was pumping gas at a busy station in the middle of the afternoon. I noticed him watching me in the reflection of my car window, so I turned around. He was wearing scrubs and asked if I worked at the local hospital. Parentheses, I do. I'd just gotten off work and was wearing my scrubs and my name badge. I know, bad move. I said yes and hoped for my gas to pump faster. He read my badge and introduced himself and his name sounded familiar, but I can't really recall it since it's not a common English name. By the way, he was dressed. He looked like he could have been a new physician since we recently had a merge with another facility. We have very minimal small talk, and then he commented about the town we were in seems quiet. I countered with, really? We get a lot of traumas, so it's not that slow. He seemed confused. Then he said, since the town is so cold and lonely, would you want to go out with me sometime? I immediately said no thank you and got in my car quickly. I noticed he started putting his pump hose up and I drove the long way home. I don't know if he really works for the same hospital or was even really pumping gas. I don't have any self-defense items, so my question is, 
What should I have done better in that situation and what should I invest in? Self-defense wise, other than pepper spray to keep myself safe. I have a FOID card, but have never shot a gun and don't really have any interest in conceal and carry. I would love to have this conversation with my dad, but he was a firefighter for 32 years and worries a lot. I think my work has a self-defense class that I might be able to enroll in, but I just want to make sure I'm being smart in public and not putting myself in danger. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. I have a daughter. I think we all know that. That we do. And if my daughter came to me and said, Dad, this is what happened. you have any thoughts? My first belief is I would say, always, you have a cell phone, I would imagine. And it's always good to keep it on you. And it's pretty quick and easy to get a picture. Take a picture of a license plate. That's number one. Because if you have the picture of that license plate, if anything should happen, at least you have something to reflect, something tangible to get back to. Right. Your defenses are nervous that this person who is obviously an older guy, why is he looking at me? What's his, he's a, he, he had a predator type of a, of a vibe and you were getting that predator vibe. This is whole thing is about your right. feeling that he is a predator. So as soon as you feel predator vibe, start thinking about that cell phone. Something that you can record. Remember, there's cameras at the, um, at the gas station probably. Try to mark the time that you think you're there so you can go back if you need to get a videotape to look at anything. You know, you have to think defensively. And that's number one. I mean, you're, even if you have uh, a conceal and carry, you're, you're not going to pull the gun out and aim it at the guy. I think that, you know, you, you have to not really engage if you don't want to. And you can simply say, I really don't feel like engaging, engaging right now. I'm not interested. You know, I have, a, I have a husband, I have a boyfriend. You know, I don't find, I, I, I don't feel comfortable with this conversation. Yeah. Walk away or say, hey, you know, you look like a, a nice fella, but I have no interest. And move on that way. Sure. But I would, I would certainly not try to do anything to uh, insult or instigate by just telling someone that, hey, seem like a nice guy, but I'm just not interested. That's not too bad. And if you take your phone and you snap some pictures, you mark the time. These are the kind of things. Notice the car. Make a mental note. Try to go into, you know, facts, you know, that you could use if you were a, if you were a crime novelist, you know, just to, you know, to have a good picture of what everything is. Sure. And move on. And if the guy shows up, if you see him at work and you really do see that he works there, if you, or you can go onto your hospital website later. You can validate if the guy was real or not, and that might help too. True. Well, he, and then, and then moving from that situation, I think this, I think this situation sparked maybe a fear, or maybe just a sense of wanting to be more prepared for other situations like this. Right. So, more in general, yes, I think the awareness is a key factor. Mm-hmm. Just being more aware in those situations, or trying to pick up whatever you can whenever you get the the weird vibes. But what else What else can we extend to? I almost want to have Morgan sit here and tell me all the stuff she has from defense. 
um, because she's really asking like, what should I invest in self-defense? Like what's, what are good moves to be more prepared? None of the thoughts that you have are wrong. Taking self-defense is a wonderful thing. Carrying mace on you is a wonderful thing. Having, having devices in your car are a wonderful thing, but the most important thing is facts. And if, and, and I will say this, if your perception felt, you know, it was picking up something, your radar is picking something up, your radar is probably picking it up for a good reason. Something was weird about that. So that's why I said defense, defense what you can really do immediately. Try to enge- not engage. Yeah. Try to get pictures or whatever you can. Get out of there as quick as you can. Take, taking a right, go, driving home by, by way of a police station. And pulling in front of a police station isn't a bad idea. I mean, that way they don't even see you take the long way home. I, I mean, there are so many ways people can track you these days. When you're not looking, they can put a tracker on your car. And you may not even see it. So there are things that if you get a weird feeling, trust your feeling, trust your gut, get pictures. And if you're going to take that, you took a defensive ride home by going the long way, drive to the police station, drive to your dad's house. Drive somewhere where you know that you're safe, that you can walk in, and that you're good. If, but to know martial arts, I would, never, I would never say not to know martial arts, but I, I don't think you're going to go in a gas station with a guy who's being friendly with you and you're going to go kick the shit out of him because that would be an offensive move, not a defensive move. So you know, you, sometimes you got to wait till you really see an action happen yeah. and then sometimes it's too late you're so, you know, there could be three people in a van that can pull you in i don't care if you are if you if you've taken martial arts for a year or two chances are you're going to be you're going to have a problem they can hit you with a syringe you know to knock you out there's crazy things like i said trust your judgment limit your conversation take a few pictures and get the fuck out of there and go drive by your dad's house or drive by a police station yeah. Morgan, can you think of anything different? I think everything you mentioned is great. I think like trusting your gut in these situations is like the most crucial. And there are a lot of scary people and like martial arts and all these things are great to prevent or like protect ourselves as best we can because sometimes like these aren't preventable. Like there are some sick people out there that truly no matter what you do and say, they're they're terrible people and they're just going to fuck people up. And so Justin and I learned a lot about victim blaming and like truly like sometimes as sad as it is, the shit is unavoidable. So what you did and like trusting your gut and getting the fuck out of there, amazing. I think self-defense is great. It's on my bucket list. Um, I would love to do it this year, especially with just how crazy the world is. There are apps on both Apple and Android Google phones. Um, I know for the Apple phone, if you click your power button five times, it will contact emergency services and notify people, but you have to go into your phone settings and set that up. There's also settings within that that you can make it loud or you can make it silent. I've turned mine to silent because I don't want anyone that's attacking me to be notified that the authorities are going to be called. So I turned mine silent and then I had to additionally go in and set up emergency contacts. So like Justin, my dad, my mom, a couple friends, they're all on there. So if I do activate that, immediately it sends them my last location and tells them like I'm in distress. So 
I know other phone brands besides Apple have that too. Set that up. Um, I think taking pictures is amazing. And I think going by a police station, I think that's a great tip. Um, I also have a window cracker in my car and it's like a spear pointed tip thing on both sides and it's got a blade on it to like rip seatbelts. So it's mostly in case my car goes into a water situation, I need to like break the window. But also if you smack someone in the temple with that thing, they're going down. So I have that in my door pocket and I have a couple knives in there. But stuff like that's scary because they could grab it and turn it on you. So you just got to be prepared to like quick strike and get out. Also, one thing I learned as a flight attendant, you can do a, a hammer, a, like a like a hammer fist. Mm-hmm. So you can do a hammer fist on someone's clavicle. Go on YouTube, watch like self-defense videos. That's the easiest one to learn right now that you don't need a lot of training for, but you literally take your fist, don't put your thumb in there, fist, thumb outside, and hammer with the bottom of your hand onto someone's clavicle. And otherwise, go for the eyes, the balls if they have them, but fight. Okay, I'm done. Trust your judgment. Get the fuck out of there as quick as possible. Goodbye. (laughs) Oh, and, and by the way, I love the suggestion on the iPhone thing, but tell your parents that you've done this so when they get these emergency phone calls, they know what it they is. They know what the fuck it is and because react and not think it's fake. I would yes. never have known what that was unless I just we had this conversation. I see it. I could have saved my own life. There we go. Yeah, and so she just said, uh, I'm just hoping to get advice so I can prevent any future interactions with any suspicious strangers that I don't give away anything about my life. There you go. I think we hit it. Thank you to Guest Morgan. Cruising along. Next. Next. One more. I want more. We have one more. And then a special one. Okay. Hello, Jerry, Morgan, and Justin. I am 24 female, and I've been together with my husband, 30 male, for almost seven years, two of which is from dating. We have no kids, but two cats, so we often have a lot of time on our hands. The problem I'm having is that I feel like there's no more effort to keep dating me. I always try to go out on dates that I plan, but we never do and always end up staying home. I always put in effort to make him feel loved and appreciated, but most days, I feel like I'm overcompensating. I feel very lonely most weekends when we both have our off days, and it usually goes like this for most our relationship now. I've clearly communicated how unhappy it makes me and how I want things to change. I've told him that I was willing to go to couples therapy and to work on myself as well, but he doesn't feel that it's necessary. So I'm asking, what should I do? If I've communicated and nothing has happened to make us better. Sometimes you're going to have to get him out of his comfort zone. Because if, unless he gets out of this comfort zone, you're, de- you're deteriorating. And if you have to go out and be with other people to have a good time, what do you need him for? It's going to, it's going to keep causing another bit of stress. Right. So I think that, you know, you, you have had this conversation, I think, with him saying, I want, I need more. But maybe you need to get his attention a little more when you say it and say, I need more interaction with you. I want to go out and have some fun with you. I want to go paddle boarding or I want to go if you're 
you know, if you're in the snow, I want to go snowmobiling or I want to go, you know, walk, build a snowman. It might sound stupid, but I'd like to be able to do things with you. We, you this is, when, when I fell in love with you, this was what you sold me. And now you've changed the product in the store. I'm, I'm letting you know that I know we have it. We, we, we have the ability of, of having these good times, but we're not stretching our minds. We're not exercising ourselves, Even if it's going to a museum and enjoying some type of whatever that museum is. Yeah. You have to find that, that thing to, to both get out of your, maybe get out of your comfort zone to go ex- expand and ex- explore new things. Because there's this, there, if, if you went out with somebody new and you were divorced, you would find some other things to go do that were going to be other experiences. And so would he. Right. You're not going to be divorced and both of you are going to sit home on the weekend with your, this new guy that you just met. You're going to go out and explore to learn about one another. Yeah. And I think you have to you know, have that conversation. He doesn't want to go to couples therapy because he doesn't think anything's wrong. Tell him, I think you're wrong. There's something wrong. Yeah. And, and we have to fix it because you mean enough to me. We mean enough to, to me that I want, to, I want to make sure that we don't go down the wrong path. Right. Kids are good and they're bad. Depends on the relationship. Because what happens sometimes, you guys get so involved with kids and raising those kids for those 20 years that after they leave the house and that you're an empty nester, you said, who are you? Yeah. Do I know you? And it's true. Yeah. So it's, it's important to keep that the, uh, as much as your kids are important to you, that you certainly focus on the, the we Right. That, you know, what we need to do for us and to grow and to do things. And just, and it's not about money because you can do things that really don't cost a lot of money. That's true. And just have a nice experience. I know that, you know, I love to go paddle boarding. I love to go to museums. I love to do certain things. And, but right now, most of my weekends have been work because I have a project I got to get done. So I can, you know, sell something so I can survive. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that, you know, the women that I'm with, that we don't go out and, you know, do some things that are fun and that are, that are easy. Yeah. And it's just having, the, it, it's about having the experience of doing something together. And you can go look back and say, that was a great experience we shared together. I don't care if it's fishing. With a fishing pole and in, in, in a swimming pool where there's no fish. <laughs> but you, 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 you kind of get what I'm saying. You want, yeah. you want to do something that you're going to interact together that's out of your norm that you guys can laugh about because laughing is what's going to bring you together. It's, it's, that's the humor. That's the joy. Yeah. Well, it sounds like to me this could be another consequence of COVID and having that isolation for mm-hmm. these couple years kind of puts you in this mode where you're used to just kind of being home, doing nothing, trying to fill time. And you kind of, I mean, I feel like a lot of us have lost that, that lifestyle we used to have. Look, we, we, we got stuck in a house. We played Catan. We found beer pong. Right. But these things, especially with a couple can only keep you afloat for so long. I think you need that, that social 
environment. You need to go have these experiences that are not being stuck in the house. But I think it's COVID that kind of almost made us comfortable with that, with just always staying home. And it sounds like maybe your husband's been a little more affected than that by that than you have. Mm-hmm. So I'd make every effort there is possible to try and break that routine and and get out, like you said. Mm-hmm. And if you if that's just how it is and it's not changing, then, you know. Pick them up from work one day and don't go home. Go another direction. Right. Like Take- mix, you got to mix some things up, I think. And her ideal outcome is I just want to be happy and feel like my efforts are being reciprocated. Mm-hmm. Be, the, be the person that, that, you, that you were when you first started dating by saying, hey, I want to go out and have some experience to get to Get to know more about, you know, open us up to have new experiences to make us broader. Yeah. Do you want to join the space program? (laughs) I'd be ready. Let's go. (laughs) Me and Morgan off to space. One other thought is if he's depressed, if there's something that's that's keeping him from wanting to go expand his horizon, just he fell in, he's fallen into a glut, mm-hmm. and I would look into see if he needs some help if it if it's a depression or maybe his work. I, I you know there's not enough information if you guys aren't working, you know what's changing your life because look you're correct we're in COVID yeah and different things could have certainly happened there. Well, it has a big effect on people and. You know, maybe he was just hit a little harder than others. And I just think you there's there's ways to try and mm-hmm. and solve this for sure. Yeah, I mean, I certainly got hit with COVID hugely financially. I lost my, my business, went from a viable business to absolute death. Yeah. And there, no vaccine was going to help. It. I mean, yeah. So, and so my ability of, of going out and doing the things I wanted to do freely because of it changed. Yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, I had to find new ways of keeping myself going and myself motivated. Yeah. So I would, you know, that's that's another real thought to look into. True. So let us know uh, as you try these things and let us know how you do. See which works and... Yeah. So we're We'd love able- an update and uh, we could continue from there. Even. Yeah, I mean, it, it helps... Me, me to stay sharp that I, I can see where we're, what we're telling people that True. it actually uh, might have some good credibility or it's bullshit. So I don't want to be bullshit. Okay. Well, that is where we're ending on this one. So on that note, I will let you all know. We, I guess we have a bonus that we're going to put on. We're going to do one more, but it's going to be on our Patreon patreon uh, uh site so uh come check us out on patreon but otherwise we'll see you next week it's always the monday night tuesday morning where they're released yep and um we look forward to you writing and telling us more and we're getting more and more submissions every time i log in i feel like there's more popping up faster and if you have friends share share with a friend That's right. And subscribe. There we go. So uh, that's it for this week. And we'll see you next week. Meanwhile, we're great to play in your car and your home. And thanks for inviting me to be a part of your drive. Because, 
You know, when you're in traffic and you're just chugging along, what better stuff to hear than Justin Mogan and I? (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.